Hey, this is Steve Sims, and I own Sims Distillery and an Entrepreneur's Advantage on Facebook. If you want to build a world-class communication skill, then you should be listening to the Art of Communication podcast with my buddy, Greg Rice. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life, so let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Hey guys, today I'm interviewing Steve Sims. Steve has been called the real life wizard of Oz and he runs a very high-end concierge service has been known to make the impossible happen, really the impossible, like having dinner at the feet of the sculpture of David with Andrea Bocelli serenading you, right? So that is simply crazy and it's only one of the many, many things that he's accomplished for his clients. He's also the author of Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen, where he breaks down how he achieves these feats Uh, for us and kind of what we can learn to achieve things in our own lives. It's a really, really wonderful book. I definitely recommend it. So we talk about the importance of being yourself. You know, Steve grew up as as part of a bricklayer family and was a bricklayer and he loves motorcycles and and bourbon and, and he doesn't hide those things when he's talking to his clients who are some of the richest people and most powerful people in the world. And it's actually a big part of his success. We also talk about how to uncover other people's passions and how important that is in the creative ways that he stays in touch with his network. Some really great ideas that we can leverage to let our network know that we're thinking about them. So Steve has proved that you can accomplish just about anything if you have a strong passion for it, the courage to risk failing, and, and you're willing to be yourself and put yourself out there. So listen up if, if you want to learn how to do that as well. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the Art of Communication today. Super excited to have you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, this, I can't wait to get into talking about all the experiences of the amazing things that you've done and kind of what we can learn from a communication perspective from all those things that, that you've accomplished. But I'd love to just kind of start at the base and just share with folks kind of all the great work that you do at Bluefish. Oh, wow. Cool. I'll try and be brief. For 20 plus years, I've run probably the world's greatest experiential concierge firm. And we've done everything from... We've been asked to get people married in the Vatican by the Pope, sent them down to the Titanic, sent them into space, uh, got them on stage with our favorite rock band, got them a drum lesson with Guns N' Roses, guitar lesson with ZZ Top, had them walk down the, uh, the white carpet uh, with Sir Elton John at his Oscar party, worked for Elton John for, what was it, eight years, worked for Richard Branson, worked for um, Donald Trump, don't hate me. You know, I, I basically am the guy, the billionaire's contact to make the um, fantastical happen. Um, And one probably to sum it up was I had a a very powerful client wanted uh, to go to a really cool restaurant in Florence. Uh, He didn't say the restaurant, he said, just make it really cool. So that seemed pretty boring to me. So I took over the Academia Museum, kicked everyone out at three o'clock in the afternoon, set a table of six up at the feet of Michelangelo's David, and while they're eating their pasta, looking at the most famous and iconic statue in the planet, I had uh, Andrea Bocelli come in and serenade him. So wow. that's the kind of stuff. And there was only six people. So that's, that's what I do. Amazing. Uh, amazing the experiences that, that you've given to folks. And I, like I said, I think we can learn a ton from the process that you go through 
to achieve those things. So I'd like to talk about a couple of the core concepts that, that, that you've shared in your book around how you do this so effectively, because I think all of us would like to learn how to do it, right? The first thing I want to talk about is the importance of being yourself. And, 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 not, and related to that, the difference between transparency and authenticity, right? Because I know you hate the word authenticity. So I'll let you, I'll let you run, run with that. Yeah, good clarification. First of all, let's give some uh, pretext to it. I was probably the most connected, unknown person there was in the planet two years ago, or up to two years ago. And if you were a billionaire, you may well have known me. If you owned things like countries, you may well have known me. But no one else did. I was just this big, grumpy-looking guy that would turn up on a motorcycle, <laughs> sit in the back, drink old fashions, and really not talk to anyone. I was, I am probably the worst networker in the absolute planet. And I got contacted because one of these people that, that knew me knew the head of Simon Schuster and they contacted me and said, let's write a book. You know, would you talk about all the, the famous and rich people that you've worked with? And I said, no, because if it did, that would be dead by cocktail hour. <laughs> so what they then came to me with, and I thought it was going to be a no starter, was how can a bricklayer from London that never finished school left at 15, be doing this with Elon Musk, Richard Branson, Elton John, and those people. How can that possibly be happening? And to be completely blunt, I did it just to piss off my kids. Because I thought, <laughs> my, my kids always joke about how I do this stuff. And I'm always wearing a black t-shirt. I don't own a car. I own loads of motorcycles. And I'm just me. So I did it to just aggravate and wind up my kids. And it took off. And the book was called Bluefish in the Art of Making Things Happen became a bestseller all over the world. It's just got released in Poland, sold out in one day in Poland. So that's pretty damn good. Um, wow. And so, you know, it's all over Vietnam and everywhere. And, and the bottom line of it is, I wanted to write a book that didn't tell you how to communicate, but really brought it to your attention just how bad you had become at it. You know, you see, we, mm -hmm. we were all really good, you know, as kids. And then we got lazier as we got older or technology got in the way and we used that as an excuse to have them do the communication for us. We became really, really bad at it. So I've often said, I'm not good at communication. It's just the rest of the world has just got really shit at it. <laughs> and I put this in the book because quite simply, I had nothing to prove. My businesses were good. You know, I'm living up in, in the hills, you know, just outside of Malibu. So my life's good. I didn't need the, the, the book to be giving me extra uh, income and credibility. I didn't need that. But what it did do was allowed me to talk to a different community, to a different group of people. And I had never really looked in the mirror. I had never really looked at, well, how come I did get away with that? How come I was able to close down museums? How come I was able to lecture in Harvard twice? How come I was able to, you know, get into the Pentagon? You know, how was I... And I was able to analyze it and then reveal that to entrepreneurs. And that's what I do now, which is really exciting. But along the way, I had no, I know this is a long winded way of getting around to your question. Uh, it's great background though. I had, I had noticed that the one thing I had never ever focused on was branding. Now, the funny thing is now you think you're going to build a company, you're going to release this product. You need to build a brand. You need to build a website. You need to get a copywriter to make you sound more intelligent than you are. You do all of these things to put a good face of the company out there before you've got one company, one client. You mm -hmm. spend a lot of time focusing 
on what it is you do that you can present to a crowd that doesn't know you rather than focusing on the one thing you should. And that is discovering what problem your product or service solves. That's, that's what everyone should fuck branding. Okay. This, if you want good branding, go and find every scammer and online fraudster out there and every Insta guru leaning up against cars they don't own. They're brilliant at branding and they've got no substance mm. and it won't last them long. Focus on your substance and some substance comes when someone else is talking about how brilliant you are. You know, when someone else is going, have you tried this? This is brilliant. That's your branding. So without me realizing it, because I had been focusing on basically getting paid to do the fantastical and giving you an amazing cocktail story, because that's what my focus had been, everyone else branded me. So I suddenly realized that I hadn't built a brand. I hadn't built authenticity. I had built transparency. When Steve Sims turned up, you knew exactly what you were getting. Three seconds into this conversation between me and you, you had as much to know about me as you ever need to know. But there was no, you know, trying to sound more eloquent than I am. I couldn't even spell eloquent. There was none of that shit. So I found that the transparency was a greater commodity and a, and what's the word? An imperative one when you're dealing with affluent clientele. Because affluent clientele, whether you'll be an influencer, whether you've got a lot of money, whether you're in power, whether you own a great company, any of these things, people come to you all the time. You want to know, what do you want? And that's not a rude thing. Why are you talking to me? You know, what's in it for me? You want that transparency quickly before you start putting the shields up, before you start getting scared, nervous, uh, concerned, and then the conversation's over. So transparency has allowed me to get into conversations real, real quick. And I can turn up to someone and go, hey, how you doing? My name's Steve Sims. I know you don't know me, but I can give you a better cocktail story. Now, what do you want to know? <laughs> and bang, just straight. Now, that may sound silly, but when you can talk, walk up to Elon Musk or Brad Pitt or anyone and just say that, they look at you and they go, all right, you know, it's obvious. Just the simple word, and you can rewind this, just the simple preface of that conversation by saying, hey, my name is Steve Sims and you don't know me. It's an obvious one, but it gets the elephant out of the room. If I walk you up there and I go, hey, I'm Steve Sims, that's the, they're going, what am I supposed to know you? Are you some big shit? Am I missing something? You know? But if you go, hey, you don't know me, that's got that out of the way. Yeah, yeah. It's, you can't walk up. Have you heard of me before? Right. I, I think another aspect of that, though, is not being afraid to walk up in the first place. And I know you talk a lot about not being afraid to look dumb, not being afraid to fail. So I'd love if you talk a little bit about that. I went into a, a restaurant in uh, London, and this was years ago. And I realized that, you know, the old statement of you are the five people that you know and hang out with, I realized that my five people were broke ass bikers. And <laughs> No one likes being poor. It's fucking horrible. No one likes it. So how could I make sure I wasn't poor? Aha, change my circle. Get some rich people in it. Get some powerful people. Get some... Now, bear in mind, we're talking about the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. We didn't have the ability to find mentorship like we do now from YouTube or from online courses or consulting or anything like that. We didn't have that ability. We had to get smarter by the people that we knew. 
the sand pits that we were in. So I went out to try and find rich people because I wanted to walk up to a rich person and go, how are you rich and I'm not? That's what I wanted to do. And I was never as blunt as that, but it was the same question. But I remember one day I was in a restaurant. It wasn't a good restaurant um, in London. And there was a guy there that had made, made a fair bit out of himself and had come back to see some friends of his. So this bar and pub that we were in was clearly no longer in his league or his radar, but he was in there with a bunch of his boys. And as I walked in there, one of my mates turned around and went, oh, that's, and I can't even remember who it was. And I hate to say it, the people I know now were a different league than him, but at the time, he was the big one. He was the big leaguer. And I remember them turning around going, oh my God, he's in here. And I was like, who's that? And they were like, oh, he's this, this, this. he's a big shit, he did this. And I was thinking, well, surely that's the person we want to be talking to because you're broken, you know nothing. <laughs> He's rich and he knows a lot. Surely we need to talk to him. So without thinking about it, I went over to him and went, hey, how you doing? My name's Steve Sims. You don't know me, but we should be talking. You know, And just started having a conversation with him. Very bold, very blunt. And I remember turning around as I'm in a conversation with him, my mates are up against the wall. They hadn't stepped a single foot towards it. Have you ever yeah. noticed when you walk into a, a restaurant, a networking event, a seminar, anyway, you mentioned Travis Chapel earlier, mm -hmm. any one of Trav uh, Travis's events, have you noticed that there are those people that walk up to the leaders, the influencers, the coaches, the speakers, and converse with them, and there's the others at the table going, oh, he's wonderful, I really like it, and do nothing about it. And I thought to myself, why? He's in the room now. When are you going to get this chance again? Mm -hmm. Go and say hello to him. So I noticed that people didn't do it. So I noticed that I was different very early on, that I didn't have the understanding, knowledge, or perspective of fear to approach these people. I was, I was a child. My wife still says I'm a 53-year-old, five-year-old. If I'm in a room <laughs> and I see someone I like... <clears throat> I'm there. My, my wife is so used to this. She'd be like, I'll get the drinks. I'll see you in 15 minutes. Because she knows I've, I've, I've seen, you know, Elton John or I've seen, you know, Stephen Tyler. And I'm gone. I'm going to go and talk. I'm not going to be the prick that sits in the corner going, oh, I wish I could talk to Stephen Tyler. Screw that. I'm already there by the time you've started thinking about that. Yeah, and it's, it's – I tell you, I've struggled with that fear before. And I've been on both sides of it where I've overcome it and approached folks and really good things have happened. And then there have been times where I haven't overcome it, you know, and I kind of stayed on the wall. But the best things in life happen when you overcome that fear and take that chance. I'll kind of give you a, a separate well, what do you What do you lose? What do you lose? If you're on the wall, you're not talking to them. If yeah. you walk yeah. up and they say, sorry, mate, I can't talk to you. And you, you're sent back to the wall. What have, what have you lost? And I'm sure that's happened to you before, right? Yeah, it's happened to me, but I'll tell you one that was kind of, and I know you were going to go into a story and I apologize for no, jumping no in there, but there was one that happened to me that was a complete surprise and validation of exactly what we're talking about. So I was at an event with a friend of mine called Joe Polish and I was in Arizona and years and years and years ago when I was in just outside of London, I was going out with my really hot girlfriend that is now my beautifully hot wife. 
And we were kids and I was a bricklayer and she worked on the reception desk of a hairdresser's. We had no aspirations. We just knew that we weren't going to be here forever. The hairdressers had started bringing in this American product called Paul Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And it went from being a, basically a, a, you know, a hair chop shop to now being a salon. You know, it was now posh. And my wife was over the moon about how they were transforming into something posh because of this Paul Mitchell. She got to come home with the little tester bottles. It was the first branded luxury product we'd ever been in the presence of. Like you would walk into a pub and you'd order a pint of beer. You wouldn't order a particular brand, just a pint of beer. And they would just pour it and that was it. We now had a branded shampoo, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember how the change happened when she started with pour. We watched her salon go from like the hairdressers, you know, into like a posh place, you know? Saw the transformation. And it was because of Paul Mitchell. So years, you know, three decades later, I'm in Arizona and I'm out having a cup of coffee. And around the corner, it was actually Joe Polish's event. Around the corner came Jean-Paul de Jouria. Now, if you don't know Jean-Paul de Jouria, Paul Mitchell, Patron, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Billionaire, you know, wonderful guy, great entrepreneur. Um, started off as a biker, sleeping in a, a dry cleaners. All right? Great story. Look him up. It's a great story. So he comes around the corner, and I'm like, it's Jean-Paul de Jouria. So um, I put my coffee down, and I stepped in front of him, and I went, hey, how you doing? Uh, Steve Sims, you don't know me, but i got to tell you a funny story about how you started where I am today, you know? And so I gave him a little nugget to kind of, like, you know, pique his interest, you know? And he said, so sorry, I've actually got to uh, go somewhere. He said, no, I've got to handle something. He said, but I'd, I'd like to hear your story, you know? And I thought, that's a nice brush off, you know? This, bear in mind, for anyone that can't see this video, for start, they can't see how handsome we are. But, <laughs> you know, I'm 240 pound of, of tattoos and piercings and, you know, biker ugly. I'm not the guy you really want at your kiddie's birthday party. I just jumped in front of JP and all of his little assistants around him were kind of like, oh my God, who the hell is this? And I just thought it was the cut payoff, so uh, the palm off. So he walks away. I go back to my coffee, coffee get a fresh cup, start to pour the coffee. These pair of hands come on my shoulders and I turn around as I pour my coffee and JP turns around and says, let me hear that story now. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, should we go over and sit down? So he actually came back to me and I told him the story. We even recorded a little video just to wind up my wife and he grabbed my phone (laughs) and he went, that's awful. Delete that. Let's do it again. And we redid it again. So you don't know what's going to come out of taking that chance but I could have just stood there and poured my coffee and ignored him and just gone, oh, JP walked past me. Yeah. How would that have helped? Yeah, you got to take that chance. You got to take yep. that chance. So you take the chance. You're talking to the individual. I know another big part of what you do is uncovering their passion, right? So asking them questions to really understand what makes them tick, whether it be your client or just somebody you're talking to, maybe somebody who you're working with, right? And, and you leverage that passion to help them sometimes even achieve dreams that they weren't you know, realizing that they had. So tell me a little bit about that. So there's two things. This is about the art of communication, okay? The way to start a conversation and get in a communication is to get them talking. That's mm-hmm. the key, get them talking. If you, unlike this podcast, is the one doing all the talking, <laughs> you're not having a conversation. 
But if I started talking to you about, hey, why are you growing a beard? You know, how long have you had the beard? And you start talking about a beard, because I know we were talking about beards at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, I really like a beard. You know, I've had a beard. You like it. People will wax lyrical about stuff they like. So if you go up to someone, you see they've got a watch on, go, hey, I like the watch. You know, where'd you get that? Well, it's funny you should say this. You know, I've had this watch for like 20 years. My dad had this watch. People will talk for freaking ever about stuff they like. Mm-hmm. So find that hot button first. Cars, whiskey. Me and you had a conversation at the beginning about whiskey and bourbon and the differences. So the bottom line of it is get someone to talk about what they like and they will talk about it forever. But here's, here's one thing about people that are weird. People have got chicken shit as we've got older. We've got scared and we've got scared because we don't want to reveal who we are. Have you, you know, you see people now and it actually pisses me off and I won't get on a soapbox, but people have apologizing for what they said 10, 15 years ago because it's now surfaced up on a video. Mm. Okay. Now I swear on Christ that you've done some dumb shit. Okay. I've done some dumb shit. We've all done some dumb shit. Okay. It just may not have been videoed. But the video, while being a benefit, has also become a hindrance. People are going back going, yeah, I should have never made that joke. I never should have told that joke in that bad accent. I never should have told that joke about the Chinese man, the Englishman, and the Hindu man. Because, you know, that's not... Please, for Christ's sake, we've got smarter now. And we're going to get smarter. But you think about what we're doing today that we are going to be bastardized about in 50 years' time. What are we doing today that we think is smart and acceptable that we're going to get ridiculed for in 50 years' time? Okay? Because that's what happens when you get smarter. But what has happened is it's made people scared to talk. We're actually in a we, – we've gone through the Me Too campaign. Okay? I say gone through. Me too is still very valid there. LBGT, okay? There's certain things you can say, certain things you can't say, certain parameters that you're allowed to, laws. The bottom line of it is, as we are growing, we are evolving. We are now with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. We've gone through COVID and all of the conspiracy theorists out there. People are getting scared to say things because how they will be vilified in six months, a year, and how the sound bite could be. I can say to you, oh, I hate beards because when I have a beard and I'm on the motorcycle, it pushes it up in my mouth and it's tough, so I only have the goatee. Now, that's a fair comment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If you take that sound bit, I hate beards, you know, all of a sudden, well, you're a beard racist. You know, <laughs> you can take that sound bite, so people are scared of what they say. We need to communicate more, but we're actually getting terrified to do it. And so when you say to someone, and this is it, you can play this game with yourself and anyone listening, you can play this with your mates. Go up to them and go, hey, if you won $10 million on Saturday, what would you be doing next weekend? And then knee-jerk reaction, they're going to go, oh, I'd get a hot tub, hot, uh, hot tub and I'll get all the Hawaiian Tropic models in there, and oh, yeah, I'll get Dan Bazarian over, and I'd buy Lamborghinis. And They're going to give you a knee-jerk visual reaction. And then you say to them, okay, that sounds great. Great weekend. Please invite me. <laughs> in six months' time, what are you going to be doing? 
And once you've done all the partying, the playing, the boats, the yachts, the sexy women, the sexy men, whatever, what are you going to be doing? Well, you know, my mum's always wanted a bigger house. You know, actually, the school that I went to is pretty run down. Do you know, I've always hated the fact that people don't look after kids more. I'm going to set up a kids foundation. You start getting into that passion. And can I, can I tell you a story that uh, open it up even better? Absolutely. So I think this, I, I told you earlier that I worked for Elton John for about eight years and we used to mm-hmm. work with the uh, Elton John Oscar party finished literally last year, which was lucky for us, you know, what with this year being COVID. But what they did, was I uh, got a phone call come into the office to one of my team. And this girl turns around to me and she said, we've got this guy on the phone, wants to talk to you because he wants to meet Sir Elton John. So I went, okay, put him through. He wasn't a client. So I took the call and I said, hey, how, how can I help you? And he's like, hey, how you doing? I want to get a photograph with uh, Elton John. Fine, great. That sounds brilliant. Why do you want to do that? Why is a very aggressive but beautiful word. You know, you should use it more often. Hey, I'd love to get together with you for a beer. Why? Well, because we haven't spent enough time together. You're damn right. Can't think of a better reason. But always be prepared to ask that question, why? Okay? Mm -hmm. Those with confidence will answer. Those that are trying to rip you off will run for the hills and call you arrogant. So I said to him, that's brilliant. That's wonderful. But why do you want to get a selfie with Elton John? His answer, and I... I'm basically repeating it word for word. He went, well, he's one of the greatest. He's an icon. He's one of the last living legends and he's going to die soon. And I want a photograph. (laughs) And I'm thinking, "Mm, that doesn't uh, sound very good. So I went, that's great. Thank you very much. I'll let you know if we can pull it off. I didn't call him. About a month later, same year, we get another phone call. One of my other girls. And we'd talked about this guy. He was a laughing stock around the office, to be honest with you. And, and he was a great example of the clients that we would not take on. And this guy comes on the phone and one of the girls said, it sounds like the request for the other guy, but it's a different guy. So we assumed straight off the bat, it was one of his mates that was phoning up trying to get it because we obviously weren't returning to him. So I said, I'll put it through to me. I'll sniff it through. So we came through and I put it on speaker and my team actually surrounded the desk to listen to this on speaker. So I'm like, Hey, how you doing? This is Steve Sims. I hear you want to, uh, you more, you want to meet Elton John? I said, um, great. Can you tell me about that? He said, yeah, I want to meet Elton John. Same tone, same tone of voice. Almost was like a pre-recording from the last guy. Yeah. I want to meet Sir Elton John. He's one of the last icons, you know, he's been around forever. His music. Fantastic. You know, I, I really don't know how long, you know, the, the guy's going to be around for. I want to get a photograph because, well, yeah, now, yeah, there's things. And it was the way he dropped off at the end mm-hmm. that gave me some kind of opening. And I went, Inquire. And if you've ever listened to Chris Voss, he talks when you really mm-hmm. want to get deep into someone, go into your midnight DJ. So I went, what are those things? All quiet. And he came back after a few seconds and he went, I'll tell you the story. He said, my dad used to take me to school in the morning, used to pick me up in the afternoon. My mum used to wave us off, but it was my dad never missed a day of taking me to school and bringing me home. Now, we had a cassette in the first car that we couldn't eject, and it was Elton John. On the way to school, 
And on the way back from school, every single day of my <laughs> life, we would sing Elton John. It was our thing. You know, we'd get in there, push play, start singing Elton John. As Carl's got better, my dad started to make a little bit of money. We got a disc player and stuff like that. We still made it a thing to have Elton John take us to school and take us home. Even as a teenager, when I wouldn't sing because I hated everything and I hated my dad, my dad would still sing out and there and out and back. He said, now my dad's been dead about 15 years. He said, but when I'm driving down the road and Elton John comes on the radio, for the next three minutes, my dad is in the seat next to me singing. Wow. He said, I want to thank Elton for bringing my dad back for those little moments. The office was just, the girls were crying. I was, I'm actually tearing up now because I remember that call so vividly and I've told that story so many times that I went, let me see what I can do. I found the meat. I found the substance. Yeah. I went to Sir Elton John. I told him what happened. I brought him along to the party. I introduced him. It was a loud party. The guy leant in, spoke this to Elton John, and they hugged. I didn't have to hear the story. I already knew the story. And I'm a big fellow, and I'll take on anyone in the planet. And I was wailing like a baby. You know, <laughs> simple as that. You've got to get to the root, and you've got to ask why. Get past the bravado. I had a client that wanted me the rock band journey. And uh, he was all like, oh, yeah, they've been there. And I went, why is it important? Keep on asking why, and you get down to the core. And when you get to the core, that's where your magic can happen. Yeah, really powerful story. Really powerful. I think it's a great lesson that we don't just take the first answer for granted because it's usually, it's not that it's a lie, but it's kind of the superficial and you need to get deeper and get under that. I always say, ignore what the person says and listen to what they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So change topics a little bit. You do some really interesting things about keeping in touch with folks, right? Really cool things. I mean, written notes for sure, but you know, finding all sorts of unique ways to catch their attention in different ways. I'd love for you to just share a few of those with the audience. Oh, there's, there's loads. For the first one, ignore email. You know, point blank, just, just ignore it. This Wednesday, ignore the freaking thing and contact everyone that you've been in contact with on the Monday and Tuesday prior. And this is very easy. You do this stupid thing called pick up your phone, phone them, and you go, hey, Travis, I got your email yesterday, but I'm traveling today. Gives a shit if it's a white lie and you're sitting at your kitchen table. Just go, hey, I'm traveling today and I don't have time to come back to you by email, but I wanted to phone you to find out if there's anything I'm missing in your email. Can we go over it? You are now showing you've taken the effort to take it further than just a request. You've got to stop being transactional. The second a client can go, can you do this? And you go, yes, and it's done. Amazon is going to steal your job. You have to do everything Amazon does and everything Amazon doesn't do. And what Amazon doesn't do is think, dream, and create. That's where you come in. So you've got to do, try different things. A real beautiful little one now, because a lot of them are going bankrupt. I'm sorry, but they are, so let's opportunize on it. Magazines, find out what your client likes and subscribe them to the quarterly magazine for that passion. And then tell them that's what you've done. And then every quarter, they get a magazine. Who do they think of? They love that magazine because they love gardening. And who sent me that magazine? That was Sims. He's a weird-looking guy, but he cares enough 
to subscribe. <laughs> this is magazines used to be $60 a year. Magazines now are like $12 a year. You buy four under the same publishing house and you can get them for 50% off. You know, you can get so many magazines and it doesn't have to be the same magazine cheaply. You can send people books, you know, send them the art of making things happen by Steve Sims. Send them a book and go, Hey, I heard this dude on this uh, podcast. It was really good. I thought you may like the book. You know, I've sent it to you. Enjoy. Tell me what you think. Start a conversation. Get to find out what the client likes. Texting, video texts, sending them magazine articles, rip it out, stick it in an envelope, send it. Saw this brilliant article, thought you may like it. But get off of email. Do everything via post, phone call, text, video, audio, but try everything away from email. It will deepen the relationship you can have with your client. Yeah, definitely. I think I've had a lot of luck when I try to do things like that, when I try to get creative, I've certainly sent a lot of books. I remember just one quick example. I was meeting with a, an executive for a large health insurer and I, we actually met in his office and I had my backpack on and I swung around and I knocked a, a picture frame off of his desk, right? And it broke and I felt terrible about it. It was all embarrassed. So went home, got him a new picture frame, wrote like a handwritten thank you note in it, sent it to him. And, and ever since we've had, you know, a really strong relationship that goes beyond just kind of business, I think because of that little extra step that I took. Uh, 100%. There was no luck in it. You actually took action on it. Yeah. So a few questions that I like to ask everybody who I, who I have on the show, and then we can kind of close it down. But the right. first question is, I, I really believe in the power of conversations. So I always like to ask the folks who are on the show, if there's one conversation they can point to in their lives that had a significant impact on the path that they ended up taking. My granddad, uh, I was on a building site and my granddad was 80 and I was like 16 years old. My dad was there, my cousins were there, my uncles were there and I was thinking, shit, is this my life? And I went up to my dad in the, in my granddad up in the tea hut and he was a big Irish lad, I think like seven two or something like that. And I went up to him and I went, granddad, granddad, did you ever think you'll be doing this when, you're, when you were this old? And of course, it's a really cheeky question. I'm lucky I never got a punch in the mouth. <laughs> he didn't even look at me. And he said to me, if you don't quit today, you'll be me tomorrow. Wow. And that's all he said. And I, was like, and I did. I quit that day. So I would say that my granddad, who's dead now, probably up there just getting lashed up and having a bar fight somewhere. But um, <laughs> if it hadn't have been for that, I wouldn't be where I am now. Wow. It's amazing the power of one conversation can have, right? Um, if you didn't have the conversation, where would you end? What, what path would you have ended up taking? You know, it's, it's Who knows? fascinating to think about. So second question, as you think about all that you've accomplished, if there's one communication skill that you could have had in more abundance that would have made it all a lot easier for you, what would that have been? Stupidity. I think <laughs> ignorance. My wife says ignorance is my superpower. I've never got scared when I'm talking to people. You know, the funny thing is success creates fear. More people in power are scared to ask what they want for fear of being laughed at or fear to go into debt by someone that can actually help them. So as I got more successful, I suddenly started getting a little bit scared because I thought to myself, hang on, I'm dealing with billionaires. I can't be sending them a book. I can't be sending them a handwritten note. That stuff's stupid. But you know, I sent handwritten notes to the Vatican and that's how I got in there. So the bottom line of it wow. is, don't think you're super smart. Keep it to simple, stupid, and um, don't get frightened. The power of ignorance is a powerful thing. Well, and last question for you. Who is the best communicator that you know, either know in person or know of? And why do you say that about them? My wife. 
because she handles me. She knows how to handle me. She knows how to manipulate me. She knows how to reroute me. So the art of communication goes to my wife, Claire. (laughs) Beautiful. So where can folks find you at? Well, there's a free Facebook group that everyone should be a member of. If you're not, why not? It's called An Entrepreneur's Advantage with Steve Sims. It's free of charge and I have lots of conversations in there. But if you want to get smart and be able to actually converse with me and my mates, you should become a member of Sims Distillery at simsdistillery.com. Join up. There's all the course material in there, but all the videos and also the conversations that we have that you as a member get to come in and ask questions like Jay Abraham, Jim Quick, Ari Mizell, Jeff Madoff, you know, I bring my friends in to answer your questions that you ask live in my private group. So an entrepreneur's advantage with Steve Sims, or if you're ready to step up, join simsdistillery.com and play with me and my mates. (laughs) Very cool. Well, be sure to check those out and just really appreciate your time today, Steve. I really enjoyed the conversation. I think the audience got a ton of value out of it. So thank you very much. Good. It was a pleasure to be here. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the Communication Nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life, and that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.